Not after seeing men torn apart by the cull, a race of giant urgles, and the ground a bed of thrashing limbs, and the dirt so wet with blood it soaked through the soles of his boots. If any honour existed in war, he concluded, it was in fighting to protect others from harm. He bent and plucked a tooth, a molar, from the dirt. Bouncing it on his palm, he and Sephira slowly made a circuit through the trampled plain. They stopped at its edge when they noticed Jormunder, Ajihad's second-in-command in the Varden, hurrying toward them from Trondheim. When he came near, Jormunder bowed, a gesture Aragon knew he would never have made just days before. I'm glad I found you in time, Aragon. He clutched a parchment note in one hand. Ajihad is returning, and he wants you to be there when he arrives. The others are already waiting for him by Trondheim's west gate. We'd have to hurry to get there in time. Aragon nodded and headed toward the gate, keeping a hand on Sephira. Ajihad had been gone most of the three days, hunting down Urgles who had managed to escape into the dwarf tunnels that honeycombed the stone beneath the Beor Mountains. The one time Aragon had seen him between expeditions, Ajihad was in a rage over discovering that his daughter, Naswada, had disobeyed his orders to leave with the other women and children before the battle. Instead, she had secretly fought among the Varden's archers. Murtag and the twins had accompanied Ajihad. The twins, because it was dangerous work, and the Varden's leader needed the protection of their magical skills. And Murtag, because he was eager to continue proving that he bore the Varden no ill will, it surprised Aragon how much people's attitudes toward Murtag had changed, considering that Murtag's father was the dragon rider Morzan, who had betrayed the riders to Galbatorix. Even though Murtag despised his father and was loyal to Aragon, the Varden had not trusted him. But now no one was willing to waste energy on a petty hate when so much work remained. Aragon missed talking with Murtag and looked forward to discussing all that had happened once he returned. As Aragon and Sephira rounded Trondheim, a small group became visible in the pool of lantern light before the timber gate. Among them were Auric, the dwarf shifting impatiently on his stout legs, and Arya. The white bandage around her upper arm gleamed in the darkness, reflecting a faint highlight onto the bottom of her hair. Aragon felt a strange thrill, as he always did when he saw the elf. She looked at him and Sephira, green eyes flashing, then continued watching for Ajihad. By breaking Isidar Mithrim, the great star sapphire that was sixty feet across and carved in the shape of a rose, Arya had allowed Aragon to kill Durza and so win the battle. Still, the dwarves were furious with her for destroying their most prized treasure. They refused to move the sapphire's remains, leaving them in a massive circle inside Trondheim's central chamber. Aragon had walked through the splintered wreckage and shared the dwarf's sorrow for all the lost beauty. He and Sephira stopped by Auric and looked out at the empty land that surrounded Trondheim, extending to Farthandur's base five miles away in each direction. Where will Ajihad come from? asked Aragon. Oric pointed at a cluster of lanterns staked around a large tunnel opening a couple of miles away. He should be here soon. Aragon waited patiently with the others, answering comments directed at him, but preferring to speak with Sephira in the peace of his mind. The quiet that filled Farthandur suited him.
Half an hour passed before motion flickered in the distant tunnel. A group of ten men climbed out onto the ground, then turned and helped up as many dwarfs. One of the men, Aragon assumed it was Ajihad, raised a hand, and the warriors assembled behind him in two straight lines. At a signal, the formation marched proudly toward Trondheim. Before they went more than five yards, the tunnel behind them swarmed with a flurry of activity as more figures jumped out. Aragon squinted, unable to see clearly from so far away. "'Those are Urgals!' exclaimed Sephira, her body tensing like a drawn bowstring. Aragon did not question her. "'Urgals!' he cried and leaped onto Sephira, berating himself for leaving his sword, Zarok, in his room. No one had expected an attack now that the Urgal army had been driven away. His wound twinged as Sephira lifted her azure.